Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Hey, man, we officially got the date. I know we have been talking about it for the past couple weeks, uh, but the NBA PA came in and was like, all right, sure. You know, we're, we're good. We're good with this start because we don't want to lose that money. So December 22nd, ladies and gentlemen, that's like a little over a month away until we're back to NBA basketball and uh, the shortest offseason in NBA history, according to LeBron. Yeah. I mean, for him, he just went through all those playoff series, the finals. So, of course, it's going to be real short. He used to have like those three months. So, mm. that's just crazy. I, I wonder how they body, like the Heat and the Lakers, I wonder how they body's going to really feel. Because Jimmy was out there playing like 40-plus minutes a night. So, like, that's... They had, but they had like a couple months of rest, though. Well, it's gonna be. I'm not. I'm not saying they. They finna just come back and they, like, they they need six months of rest. But Jimmy Butler, after like two months of rest, you don't think he's gonna be back to like, okay, I can. I'm back hooping again. So you expecting your Lakers Lakers to repeat then? I, you know, I am. Yeah, it's the fact that they gotta go through the whole season again too. Yeah, it is. They don't. It's the Lakers. I mean, LeBron can rest, and the Lakers are going to be fine. LeBron said that he's just going to let Anthony Davis um, carry them for the first month. Exactly. That's what I was saying. I I know LeBron. All LeBron had to do is be like, "AD, just give me for this month. AD going to win at least half them games." I don't know. Half them, half them games may put y'all in a little spot where y'all going to be fighting to try to make the playoffs. That Western Conference kind of crazy. It is. It is. I think it'll be fine though. Yeah, I don't think y'all that bad of a team. Uh, without like LeBron, I don't think y'all that that would be if y'all are, then LeBron would have to play. But that's all; he would just have to play. But they can rest at the beginning if they need to, and just chill. Shit, They're, everybody's not LeBron and Kevin Durant. They're not making all of that money on endorsements. So the other ninety-five percent of the league who doesn't have that luxury. They need the money that they're gonna that they're gonna generate from starting uh, in December twenty second. So, I'm not even, not even just that. P. I'll let you finish, but like not even just that. Majority of the teams have not played basketball in more than two months. It's just like the Heat and the Lakers that t- took a two month break. The rest of the team, my team, ain't played basketball since March. It's been almost a whole year. So, I know they're ready. Mm-hmm. They, they've been itching. I know they've been itching. The Bulls, uh, Knicks. Who else didn't make it? The Hawks. Mm-hmm. The Hawks, Hawks. Are real, probably really itching. So. You know, yeah. the Warriors going to be itching. Warriors rested like a And that's how, like... Johnson putting these working out videos on. He's going to let everybody know he ready. So mm. you got tryouts in a couple days. Oh, like, oh, man. He coming in hungry. Hungry, hungry. Um, but, yeah, NBA back. So that's that's real cool. They said it's going to be limited travel. Um, they're trying to take in all the precautions as possible, of course. Um, I'm pretty sure that we're going to get to the point where... Some players will test positive throughout the season. Um, it's has was in baseball, it's how it was in the NFL. Um, but hopefully, we have a, a system where it doesn't explode across the league. And I mean, I'm trying. They're trying to bring in fans to like 20% capacity in some arenas, depending on what city. So they're trying to ge- generate revenue. Um, even outside of that, there's another report because y'all know the NBA lost. I think it was 1.5 billion dollars because of the season got shut down, which is ridiculous. For, for one NBA season, but uh, uh, Wolge tweeted a couple days ago that they're looking at basically sponsorships that they normally wouldn't look at, like sports betting and gambling, um, hard alcohol and casinos to come in and be endorsers of the league, and that could generate an extra $80 million to $100 million. So they're trying to slowly recruit some of that money. Um, NBA players' contracts, a percentage of it is going to escrow. Like, you know, they're, they're working out this agreement between the NBA PA and the NBA to, to get this season going for the fans and for themselves to get that cash. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, at the end of the day, I know I, I most of the time, like 99% of the time, I'm going to stand with the players. And that's why even if the, the date was like the two weeks later, I'd have been like, it, it is what it is. I, I'm super excited that they're going to do it early. But at the end of the day, the, the NBA, somehow they're going to make their money back, right? They're still a business and they're they going to do what it takes. So, you know, it's not surprising they're doing something like that. Yeah. It's give or take. They, you know, that's just the way it is. Give or take. So they're either going to not start here and, you know, lose out on the money. But I, I, I agree, Mike. And the one thing I'm encouraged by with the NBA is, number one, we're smaller than a lot of sports as far as per team. Football, they're, they're, you know, those are 53-man rosters plus a coaching staff. Baseball, the same thing. You have an entire uh, roster, and then you have your pitching staff, bullpen, you have the coaches, um, and then the other team has the same amount. Basketball, we're indoor. The rosters are a lot shorter. It's five on five on a field, on, on a court at once, and, you know, it's very minimal. So, you know, there, there are some encouraging things to look at it from that perspective compared to the other sports who we've seen kind of struggle with finding out how to uh, you know, navigate and the NBA has already done such a good job with containing it, you know, so, you know, hopefully we could just build on that, but I'm excited to have the, the season back. And like Mike said, it's a business. Uh, I'm sure they'll find a way to, 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 to make the money back in some sort of capacity. I think the money is important though. The money is what makes the sport fun for like times like now the off season, seeing who can overpay or who's going to do this and do that, you know, and uh, I'm just ready, man. The, the draft is here almost so then the, the rookies will be right put into the fire in like less than a month Facts. that's kind of weird to not go through the summer league process of actually like getting their feet wet with the nba like they just got to come in and go right to the league yeah it's gonna be one of the weird it's gonna be one of the weirdest rookie classes they it also had seven months of preparing mm-hmm. unlike yeah, so that's the bonus. and then those months we've seen some of the prospects bulk up we've seen some prospects slim down like they had extra time to prepare um a lot of them dreamed of that day where they walk across the stage and shake Adam Silver's hands. They won't be able to do that. It's going to be like virtual through Zoom. Um, but I, I'm very interested. I think we get three preseason games, and maybe they can use that as the summer league, uh, letting those young players ride it out. Um, but it's, it's going to be real interesting to, to see how things go. But going into this, we have a bunch of like rumors slash news that I want to get y'all reactions on. That's this whole episode because we're getting close to the free agency. So much so that some agents are trying to get free agency to start before the draft. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but they're trying to petition for it, which would be interesting. Um, is that the, the NFL does it that way, right? Where like free agency is before the draft. So you can you can make your signings and then draft your, your needs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think it is like that. Only reason I know that is because of Madden franchise. It's just... Man, franchise is, is, is decent. But we got a bunch of different news. The first two come from, what you say, P? Very underrated. Yeah. Um, and they do got his bad things, too. It, it definitely ain't the perfect thing. But the first two come from Ryan Rossello. He was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and he made a couple bold statements slash started a lot of rumors. And the first one has to do with Devin Booker. The quote goes, Worst kept secret in the NBA is that Devin Booker wants out of Phoenix. I need all of y'all opinions because if it's the worst kept secret, I mean, that, that just don't make sense because it's the first time I've ever heard it. So it ain't really the worst kept secret. But what do y'all think of the idea of Devin Booker potentially wanting out of Phoenix? Uh, I, I would have believed. I don't know. I think it's kind of weird because I feel my bad. Just talk. Just talk. 
I mean, it feels kind of weird because it seems like they were actually going in the right direction to where he will have the team around him to be successful. I feel like if he do want that, I kind of guess it, he feels like he wants to speed up the process a little faster. So, I mean, I don't really know. I think it's kind of fake. I don't think that's real because I feel like he would have came out and said something. Like, he wouldn't have did what he did in the bubble for those eight games. He probably wouldn't have played. Like, I feel like that's – I don't believe it. Yeah, if you would have told me this kind of like before the bubble and their little like surprise run, I would I would have believed it because I mean for the longest they haven't really put the the right things around him. I think this was just a little taste of what you know what potentially him he could do, you know in the West. But I think that you know it could be true if deep down he knows that whatever he does, they're probably not gonna put the team around him that's gonna get me to the NBA Finals or, or winning a championship. So maybe he does believe that. He needs a, a co-star, a co-superstar to help him do that. Other than that, I, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I would have – I just take it with a grain of salt. I'm not going to sit up here and say it ain't true or it is true. Uh, Ryan Rossillo definitely not a part of no damn Devin Booker camp at all. But uh, from reading the history of the Suns, I'm, I'm sure there's some frustration there. I mean, they they haven't done the best job of, of maintaining or, keep, or putting talent around him, let alone maintaining it. But like these two guys just mentioned – uh, there seems to be some type of progress. I think this year um, will be an important year, you know what I mean, to see how they, you know, uh, continue to build off of what they did in the bubble. Now, listen, if they come out and show what they did in the bubble and then flop, that I, I could see him having some frustration there. But I think that was a very, very poor thing to say for Myron Rosillo because even if that's how Devin Booker felt, it, 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 he just, it just wouldn't be a good – it wouldn't be good for him because he's there. He's, he signed like that contract. So, I mean, regardless, he's kind of tied up there. So, I mean, he's going to have to be there if, whether he wants to be or not for the next few years if we're being, you know, realistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think Devin Booker just going to deal with it and hope that they can, you know, um, figure things out. He got a coach that he liked. Aiden stepped up and played really well. Um, you know, Mikael Bridges had an, a, a nice, you know, little uh, season and, and is looking to, to have some potential. Cam Johnson stepped up. They had the 10th pick this year. They're going to be aggressive to try and find a player that's ready now. Kelly Oubre was nice, complimentary guy next to him. They have some potential there to, to kind of build up a team that can compete for the first time in his career. And I think that going forward, whether it's this year or the next two years, is going to be the result of that. But to say that he is, he's just ready to go – I don't think it would be a secret. He's Devin Booker. Like we we would know. Right. Yeah. I I don't I think that I think Mike was right. I think the timing of it would be is really weird. If it was before they done anything. Like this is the most success he's ever had on the team. This is the most promise he's ever had on the team. This is a coach that for the first time in his career, he's gonna go into it and it's going to be his coach. If you didn't know in his five seasons, he has five NBA coaches, which is freaking ridiculous. Uh Earl Watson, Monty Williams. Um, early Jeff Hernasek, right? Like that wasn't that his first coach. I, I can't think about that last coach. I can picture. Oh, he um, the Luca coach. I don't remember. Uh, okay, Kovacslav. We're missing one. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, uh, okay, I gotta look it up because it's gonna bother me if, if we don't get this fifth one. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but, but I'll keep going while I'm looking this up. This is the first year that they've ever been able to put together a team that's won over 30 games in this career. And again, there's this is a promising team right now. 
Like, if we got to the end of next season, and like P said, this was a fluke that eight and no was there, they back to the bottom of the Western Conference, then sure, let them do it. They were they were on music on the cover of Slam talking about, hey, me, D'Angelo Russell, and Carthony Towns go hoop together, and two are already over there. So I don't know. Is it four, or is it four coaches in five years? Jay Triano was the interim coach after Earl Watson. Mm-hmm. Earl Watson coached three games, if y'all don't remember, and got got fired. And then Jay, Jay Triano came out. So yeah. Um, that, is, that's another thing, crazy. though, uh, to your point, KB, and, and P's too, is they, I mean, for the for the years he's been on that team, they've always been like dead ass at the bottom of the West. Mm-hmm. And so I think that to, it, it's going to be rare to see a team that does that, you know, pretty consistently over the past five years. They're just, they're now a, a ninth or, or 10th seed. I think that that's on the tra- trajectory to be an eighth seed. So I think it's going to take time, but is, De- is Devin Booker going to be, willing to just stay there and go through that. If knowing that maybe, you know, I could just get a trade and get it over with already, you know? Right. And and you know what? They got a new front office in there. James John, uh, James Jones has been doing way better than Ryan McDonough was. Or my, mm-hmm. Ryan McDonough? I don't remember what his name was. He was bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, think about all the draft picks they wasted. And it seems like they're starting to get it better. Like the Cam Johnson one, if you don't remember, people are like, what, what about that one? And it's for based on his rookie season, looks like a pretty good draft pick, even though he's older. Um, they've made the necessary trades. DeAndre Aiden's got Derek, what do you think about the DeAndre Aiden tattoo? It looks terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> you what, about, I, what about it, though? It just looks... I don't know. I just looked at him and just thought, like, that ain't something I would get. That's how I judge tattoos, honestly. Mm. But if he like it and he like it, it just look. I don't like the lines. It just, it's supposed it to look, look like... Like somebody called they dominating. Dominating. What dominant? Dominant. Dominating. Dominating. Because yeah. he's DeAndre Aiden, and you know, I wouldn't get that. I don't think they're good. Oh, well, you you don't you won't get no, that. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. But it, it just looks terrible. Okay. It looks bad. It does. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing too, though. It's like like Mike, you were talking about being at the like. It's okay to be at the bottom. I mean, everybody want to win, but it's not a problem if we're building. You know what I mean? Like, okay, cool. We're in a lottery three years, but here it is. We're putting together like this new age OKC where we got this new little core or whatever. But if we're at the bottom and we get like drafting Josh Jackson, who got traded, Marquise Chris, not here no more. You know, if we're, Dario, I mean, not Dario, sorry, um, Dragon Bender. Like, if we're doing this, like, these are top five picks and they're not even here no more and they're rookie contracts and things like that. Like, come on, bro. That's when it's like that's why I think there, like what you said, is the timing of it. Now, if it if it was post bubble, I mean before bubble, or like like I said, this year, if they if they drop the ball and they do the Sacramento King thing where everybody's rooting for them, thinking they're gonna build on that momentum and come back, and next thing you know, they only win twenty four games. I think that would be more of a conversation. Just like when people was making those Timberwolves to the Suns deals with the number one pick for Devin Booker. It was like, what are y'all doing? There's no way in hell Devin Booker is about to get traded. Like, like why, do we, why do we waste so much time on shit that we know isn't going to happen? Not even us, but, like, I'm, I, I hate seeing the fucking Devin Booker to Minnesota after what we just saw in the bubble. Why in the fuck would the Suns make that deal? They like Anthony Edwards, man. That's, that's the only explanation. They just really want Anthony Edwards. They think he could do the same thing Devin Booker can. That's why sports is fucking trash because so much time is wasted on bullshit. Like, how many Bradley Beal trades are y'all going to draw up? That shit ain't getting no traction. 
Right. Finally, we're talking about Drew Holiday, something that's more realistic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and we'll definitely get to that in a second. Uh, la- last thing on Ryan Rosillo, he said one other thing on that podcast. Um, I've heard Gordon Hayward does one out, but I don't know if he's going to get the money. He's not opting, opting out of that huge number unless he knows he's getting another deal. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Gordon Hayward is not getting the money that he's that he's making now. Uh, I don't know what Gordon Hayward is even think. I, I, I can't. I don't want to even believe that Gordon Hayward is believing he'll get that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I, I, can, I can see that. him wanting out. I can't see him wanting out, though. Uh, the tea leaves, not because he hates Boston or anything, but the tea leaves say that at some point that marriage is going to have to break up because it's Jason Tatum and Brown. You already have your guard and Kemba. They're just missing that, that big. So they would need what he's taken from them financially and like his spot on the team, they would need that to present it to a center. So the tea leaves say he would be the odd man out. They're not going to get rid of Jalen Brown over Gordon Hayward. They're not going to get rid of Jason Tatum over Gordon Hayward. They're not going to trade Kemba over Gordon Hayward. So as far as the shit, they, they wouldn't even get rid of Marcus Smart over Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, Gordon Hayward is the – he if, if I was him, I would be looking to one out too. No hard feelings though, but it just seems that that would be best for both sides. They can get their center. He can go somewhere and be comfortable. Or if he wants the money, opt into his contract, get the last year of that $30-some million, and then play and try to show that he has some type of value to get some type of money. Because I think on open – what do y'all think his value would be? I would I would say um, – What is he making? 32? Right now he's making – he'd be opting into 30 – yeah, about 32. I would give him 15 because he can't stay healthy. I think he's, he's around half that. No, um, yeah. Go ahead, I, I think that he probably the reason and this is the way I'm thinking about it is the reason he would opt out of this deal is to get a long term deal like for less money because he don't want to be a free agent when Giannis is a free agent when LeBron is a free agent when Paul George Kawhi you don't want to be a free agent with all those because then you get it five million dollars a year because everybody else is getting that money so and this is a, a slower smaller free agency class I know it's not a lot of people that have money but he may be able to opt out of this 30 plus million and get a three-year deal and now he could just chill it's less money but at least you have some type of stability the back end too because like yeah. that 30 million is just 30 million but like you're saying if he gets uh 20 for three the back end of it is 60 million compared to that 30. Because if you do 30 this year, and like you're saying, going in a class with Kawhi, Paul George, Giannis, and you only get, I don't want to say five, but yeah, you, maybe maybe 12. Like, that's 41 million that you just got versus if you sign for 20 and three, that's 60 million. So long term wise, I, I definitely understand that too. Um, but, you know, 30 million is a lot to turn down. So. Yeah. I can see him wanting to keep that. And then, like I say, he would want to go out and go somewhere where he could try to show that he is worth $20 Because I, I agree with y'all. Like, D-Mills, you said, what, like, between 15 and 20? 15 and 20. I see yeah. that. But I know Gordon Hayward would probably – he knows he's not going to get 30, but he would prefer if he can get, like, 22 to 23. But I don't think there yet. He would have to show us because, yeah, the injury history. And it's only so much he can show with the Boston Celtics. At full strength. So, yeah, making his way out. Maybe he can go to Indiana and, and probably play a somewhat bigger part, especially if VO is not going to be there. Um, is there any other teams y'all can see him on? I thought Indiana was a place. I thought yeah. uh, I thought potentially. I wouldn't mind seeing him on, like, the T-Wolves. They need a wing. He would go there and thrive. That money ain't there for him, right? 
James Johnson would have to be involved in that yeah, trade. James Johnson and yeah. Jared Culver's mm-hmm. making like eight million because he was a top five ish pick. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean he's the type of player that could probably go to every team and, and just help. What about this? What about this? The Celtics have three first round picks, but they don't have the roster spots to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Fourteen. 28 and 30, I believe they have. Or 26 and 30. 14, 26, 30. Trade Gordon Hayward and two or even three of those picks to Atlanta for numbers. I, 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 I was going to say the same yeah. thing. But I was thinking say Atlanta. Thing. Kongu, and then the Hawks get Gordon Hayward, but they also get the 14th pick, which is still in the lottery. They'll get the two other late round picks. And you go, all right, if you're Boston, are you willing to trade all three and Gordon Hayward for that six picks so you could just get a Congo or James Wiseman if he falls or whatever? Or are you being like, man, I need one of these other picks too? I feel like they're going to be like, I need one and the other. Even if it's the dead last pick in the first round, they're going to want to keep one of them. Yeah, Boston, Boston be stingy with the picks. So even though they be having always the most of them, they, they kind of be stingy with them. But they, I think – Actually, can they afford to bring in anything more than one pick? I think they have a full roster. Yes. So I think I mean, they have a full roster. I think usually Boston would be stingy, but if they literally can't bring, uh, you know, those players on, what would be the point of fighting for that pick? Yeah. Or maybe they ask for a next year's pick. That's the type of shit they would do. Mm-hmm. Take all the picks, give us a future second round, or if, if Atlanta has, they don't have uh, that pick, right? It goes to us. It's the Mavericks or whatever. But, um... Yeah, I like the deal. The Atlanta gets that veteran wing that they've been wanting. He compliments mm-hmm. that team extraordinarily because he doesn't take the ball out of Trey Young's hands. He's uh, he's experienced. He can play off the ball. Um, and then they still get the 14th pick. They get 26 and they get 30. That ain't that ain't bad for an Atlanta team. Who's Even Trey Young's the game, he's a guy you can run your offense through. He could be like your point forward. Yeah. Atlanta has done well with the back end of drafts, like getting a Kevin Herter. They got Bruno Fernando from from Maryland. Even uh, John Collins was late. Yeah, I, I kind of I like it for Gordon Hayward just because he's on. It would be on that last deal. What pick was Collins? I thought he was a lottery. Mm, I don't think he was. Because for that to happen, he would have to opt into that last deal, right? Or his at last. Uh, his last uh, he was year. nineteen. Oh okay. What are you saying though, Mike? I'm sorry. Gordon, he would have to he would have to opt into his last year, right? For the, right, for so it would be a sign and trade situation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for Atlanta, I think that's a, a W in the sense that you get a veteran, help you make the playoffs, and it's only on a one-year deal. So if you don't like him, you don't got to resign him. Or if you do like him, hey, take this 15 to 20 mil. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you outplayed yourself, maybe 20, because they got money. They got the, I think, yeah. the most money. And they money don't give up any of their young pieces. They don't have the most money, bro. Relax. Come on now. They got a lot of money, though, I know. People got the most money. Stop fucking playing with us. What y'all going to do with it, man? <laughs> All right. Y'all trying to bring okay, mellow, okay. here it is. Here it is. This is what they're going to do with it. Because the next rumor I have is that OKC won't trade Chris Paul anywhere. They'll let, they'll let him have a say. And his top two places is some team in L.A. and some team in New York. What, that's a dumbass report. Some team in New York. He's not going to Brooklyn. I know. But it's <laughs> yeah. So, I, we can use it on Chris Paul. I want mine. So, yeah, the, the LA options don't really uh, make sense. The, the Lakers, I guess technically they could get it done. 
Um, but it's just what y'all had three players on the roster than G League yeah, guys. Yeah, you gotta trade everybody. <laughs> he literally gotta trade everybody away. <laughs> yeah, Coast is gonna be running center for y'all. Hey, I would do it if they could keep Avery Bradley, but he would have to be a part of like the yeah, eight. Definitely have to be a part. If of there it. was some magical way that they could keep him, I would do it. But Danny Green could go, Kuzma could go, and then you would have Chris Paul, Bradley, Braun, <clears throat> Anthony Davis. Man, sign us. Hello, Dwayne Detman. Come here, man. Just bring your ass here. Like, <laughs> whatever. Like, just make it whoever. Mike Muscala. Go get Mike Muscala. They'd be okay. Is my point. Uh, but if yeah, but if you're only going to have Braun, Ad, Chris Paul, Halen Horton, Tucker, and then <laughs> <laughs> who else we got to get? Then it, they gonna bring back Jr. Smith. They might yeah, have to. Yeah, so. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean the the Nick thing. We got the money. Uh, I I don't care about the money because we're gonna we're gonna have it for the next few years. We, you know what I'm saying? They're not gonna just invest uh, in long term deals. So we're gonna have this money for a few years. They're gonna do the short term deals. But I just want us to, to put a complacent team together. We don't have to compete or make the playoffs, but just somebody that can complement our young guys and help them grow while competing on a night by night basis. But I'm not looking to win 50 games. Don't spend the money with intentions of having a 50 win season or to try to make the playoffs play to make the playoffs, but don't spend the money to do it because that's how you end up signing Tyler Johnson to a $50 million deal. Uh, you know, things like that. So uh, I thought it came out that Chris Paul didn't want to be traded to a bad team. I've never heard that. I haven't heard that either. Um, I, I w- you would assume that, but if he says New York and one team already has two superstars and, and no money and one team has a lot of money, it's only one situ- one place he can really go. Yeah. Uh, but I just think it's interesting that OKC is willing to just, like, ha- let him have a big say in it um, instead of just thinking about their future. I know this season he did so much for them. Shout out to him. And even before that, when he started his career, it was in OKC. So, like, they, they respect and love him over there. But if I'm a general manager, I'm looking out the best interest for my team. If that means trading him to a team he don't want to be to, I'm sorry. Thank you, CP. Four, th- two first-round picks? W. I'll take them. Two first-round picks from who? I don't know. I'm just making something up. Oh, I, I get it from Chris Paul's perspective, though. Like, if you know the time has run out with OKC because they got to do what they got to do and they're ready to move on, yeah, go play with – he He wouldn't have to play with the Knicks for, for that long. I mean, go somewhere where you can control the things. Because his value came up from, from going somewhere where he could, you know, change the culture and things like that. New York is still a big market. Uh, he, he's going to be with Leon Rose. He has a relationship there. And they don't really have shit. He's going to go and – like if, if I'm Chris Paul, if I'm not playing for a winner, I'm playing. I'm going somewhere where I can control the shit. I'm not going to, you know. I don't want to say. I don't want to throw names like that, but I don't want to go somewhere where like I would have to fall in line, and be backseat to somebody, and we not even doing shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. that makes sense. Like I wouldn't want to go to Minnesota, and I'm trying to cater to D'Lo and Carvey Towns, and we win in 37 games. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he's playing fiddle, third fiddle to those guys, keep them comfortable. But then we're not winning at the same time. Motherfucker, hell no. I either need to be getting my value or I need to be winning. One of the. I feel that. Shout out to Chris Paul, man. Shout out to him, man. I, I wouldn't mind him in a Nick uniform at all. I wouldn't. And what else is out there? What are we, what are we doing? What, like, I don't. People are going to try to spin everything and make it seem like the Knicks just can't win. Like, come on. <laughs> Chris Don't you think that would make him more of a disgruntled star? Because he's a guy that loves to compete and be. Oh. If he says he wants to be in New York, I don't yeah. think there's really he, nothing he's to not be expecting to win. How can, 
why are you you can't tell Chris Paul what he want? It don't make sense. <laughs> but if that's what Chris Paul wants, he could. Chris Paul has never been disgruntled anywhere anyway. He's not he's a professional. He's now has he played with some people he probably didn't like? Sure, but he's never been a guy that's been unprofessional, hard to deal with. Chris that's Chris Paul we're talking about. It's a legendary yeah. player. I mean, he was just that. The president. I mean the Clippers they said he was hard to deal with with Doc Ooh. Rivers. I feel like he'll be. But that was that room. was from, from my understanding. That was disagreements on the court. It wasn't like he was walking around locker rooms raising his middle finger at people. It was like I just want you to play like this, and let's try to play like this. And I know nobody's gonna like really come out and say like Chris Paul was terrible to play with, but nobody has even said anything bad. But the, like when I asked Blake Griffin that question, he was like, "I wouldn't say he's hard to play with. He just has a standard that you he wants to hold you to. That's just it." Which every great point guard is going to be like that. Steve Nash, Steve, Steve Nash isn't a two-time MVP because he he wasn't holding people accountable. Chauncey Billups wasn't what isn't the guy we talk about when we when we look at the Pistons because he wasn't holding people accountable. Yeah, come on now, like it's Chris Paul we're talking about, man, ultra professional. And then yeah, of course the Clippers that Clippers team had some frustration problems. That team didn't they underachieved in the five years that they had. There's some frustration there for sure. But I I, I agree with Kenny. I think it's different from having frustrations than saying he was disgruntled and, and hard to work with. If that was the case, that shit would have would have folded a long time ago. He would have been gone. Uh, the timeline is going well right now. He'll say, fuck no. He's, he's not going to play for a bad team. Chris Paul, I'm going to tell you what you should need. I think if he did play for it, well, I mean, if he did go to the Knicks, I don't feel like he would be disgruntled at all, but I think that I would just like to see his man after like he he dropping all these games and they probably not winning much. You're like that's, a- that's why I say he's the ultra professional, so he knows what he's going mm-hmm. into. It's not yeah. like he, this is a young guy in his prime thinking that the Knicks are going to compete. If he goes there, I don't think he's going there saying we're going to compete. No, if no, not at all. On a Thunder type level, fine, that'd be great. But it's like. Come on now. What he's he, it's Chris Paul. His basketball mind is too broad and, and mature for him to go in there and be thinking, damn man, we losing. Like what the, Chris come on now. He know what he's there for. I'm just saying he he is getting up there in age and he gotta do it a lot by himself. I don't know. I feel like okay, see, I am not saying like it, it's his choice at the end of the day, but okay, see man, okay, let me let me talk. It was the per- it was it was the perfect thing, man. All he had to do was come in the fourth and do what he do. When was Chris Paul at his best as a team? When he had really? lob threats, Mitchell Robinson is going to average 20 and 10 based off lobs itself if Chris Paul is his point guard. He's going to be able to start for the first time in his career. That. I yeah. can't argue that. Um, let's get into some news. Situation where at eight, somehow Obi Toppin fail. I don't think he would. But if the Knicks got Obi Toppin at like eight and got Chris Paul, and now you have a front court of Obi just, Toppin and Mitchell Robinson. Just throw it at the rim. Somebody <laughs> yeah. get that. Somebody got Blake and DeAndre Jordan in the back. Oh, they bear it. Gets tricky, right? Because what, what you know, but he's there. Uh, he's there. Hedo Turkoglu, Paul Pierce, Wesley Johnson. He's just that guy that keeps coming in and rotating on that Clippers team. I like he's, it. And then, I like it. Who they, who they shoot it though. Bring back Wayne Ellington. He's their JJ, and boom, okay. you got it. You got the same thing. They needed Jamal Crawford up the bench. <sighs> um. Could have been Alonzo Trier, but we that's Frank Nilakina now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope we do see Chris Paul somewhere. That at least fun. Just I just want him to be fun at the end of the day. 
Um, now we got some news because Zach Lowe dropped this whole piece on ESPN where he was just going into everything he knew about this offseason. Uh, and the timeline is wild right now. I don't know if y'all been peeping. I think I hear Derek phone going off, and I don't know if that's no, the time. It was a voicemail, so it shook and it mm, failed. It, okay. Well, the timeline is going wild. It's official. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It is official. Um, yeah, just texting. That's why I have to. The Miami Heat first is the team we're going to talk about for their offseason. Um, the Miami Heat have interest in resigning Goran Dragic and Jay Crowder, but the Heat won't do anything that jeopardizes their chances for Antetokounmpo. Dragic seems like a good candidate for a huge one-year deal. Crowder would draw multi-year offers across the league at about a $9.3 million mid-level exception, and the Miami Heat should retain him at that rate. So it looks like Goran Dragic, I mean, they're going to offer Goran Dragic probably this one-year $18 million deal just to keep him around for one more year and still get that cap space for 2021. Smart. That's I think that's a smart move to do, honestly, because Goran Dragic is like their best second option. He was their leading scorer in the bubble. He was their leading scorer in the playoffs. So they got to need Like a first option to me. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm saying Jimmy the number one option, in my opinion. I'm talking to you. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, I think that's smart. Jay Crowder gonna get a lot of interest from across the league, so I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I don't know if they're gonna be able to afford him because his value is kind of up there because he does everything every team needs. So somebody may overpay him and they might not be able to keep him. He he so went from I'm, the I'm worst corner shooter in the regular season to the best corner shooter in the bubble, which is he was what, he's one of those dudes where he goes on stretches where he looks amazing, and yeah. then other times he just kind of just he he ain't cool. Yeah. Jay, Jay Crowder. Crowder. Oh, shit, I was about to say, don't disrespect Goran like that. But no. Oh, hell. I would never disrespect Josh. Yeah, I, think, I can see somebody overpaying uh, Jay Crowder. Um, rightfully so. I think Jay Crowder is one of those guys that you, man, he just, he just. I mean, I, I was surprised at how well he just played in Memphis. Like, the veteran leadership mm-hmm. he brought. And remember that crazy game winning he he hit too with John Moran, like, brought the ball that up. Was, court that was their like, first win of the season. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that they, you know. But, uh, Mike, that was your highlight of the year. That same, that was that game. I didn't have that highlight for the year. With the Kyrie block, that was the same game. It was just overtime. Oh, that. Yeah, Mike. That was a long time ago. Highlight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah that was literally the highlight. I was like, no, nah, yeah. no. Nah, yeah, same game, though. No. Same game. That was that was Taylor Jenkins' first NBA head coaching win. That was the, what the person said on the call. His first win as a head coach and John Morant's first win in the that's NBA. A cra- yeah, that's a crazy ass win for your first one. What team did y'all see? You trying to get him? The Bulls. Wing Boy, depth. You know, like, yeah. Uh, Any, anybody that's a wing on the market that defends, I'm like, sign him up for Chicago. That's how I feel right I now. I think the Hawks would be a perfect fit. He's that dude who can come in and be that hard nosed guy that just shoot threes and play tough it. defense. What about the Mavs? Oh, yeah. Go back to, think, to the Mavs. But the Hawks, he's cheaper than going out and getting Gordon Hayward. But Gordon Hayward's you know, better. Money really. Gordon Hayward's better, though. He is. Yeah. A lot better. Yeah, not even he not. We talk about streaky. Gordon Hayward is good. Like he's he's just gonna hit his shots. There's no streakiness in Gordon Hayward's game. It's just the health part. Um, who what what team did you say, P? I can see my Knicks going for him. Like he he can play a lot of different places, but the Knicks have the money. You give him like that that uh, option, I guess, and kind of front front load it a little bit, and he can be one of those hard nosed guys, kind of like Marcus Morris, but he's not gonna be such a ball stopper. So you get a hard nosed veteran come in mentorship play hard, compete, because the Knicks want to compete. Like, everything that I'm hearing from the organization is that they want to compete. Obviously, Thibodeau is never going to come out and try to lose. But 
um, we know we don't have a certain t- talent level to mm. compete at a high level. Like I get wanting to compete, but I don't, I just, I don't want us to try to go and do this shortcut season and free agency where we're going for the playoffs. Like competing is one thing, but trying to make the playoffs is a different thing. So uh, I only said that though, to say that everybody might damn near have interest. No, I mean, I feel like the Knicks, if you, It'd be possible, or if possible, if the Knicks could get them on a friendly deal too, the other teams like halfway through the season be like, "Damn, Jay Crowder looking good with them. We might have to trade for him." I think that's a that's a, bo- a bonus for the New York too. Yeah, that's that. Uh, so wait, with the Clippers is Morris, and with Morris' deal is his uh, is it up after this year? Yeah, it's a free and mm-hmm. and Montrezl Harrell. So I would see the Clippers probably using that money to come after him. That'd be that would be an interesting fit. I can see. I just want to know if the Clippers are going to try to go that route again. We gonna get the tough guys. They might get go get some very fluent, calm, cool, collective guys who can just hoop. Yeah, ain't no reason to be no villain no more, man. Kawhi, like, hey man, we gotta chill on that rah rah. I need guys who gonna hoop, not talk. I think right, man. He, he left that all behind in Canada. <laughs> um, next thing is Milwaukee and Giannis. Um, he's probably gonna sign a five-year extension between two hundred and twenty million and two hundred and fifty million dollars with the Bucks. They love Bogey Bogdanovich, um, yes. and and they've been kicking around trade offers to absorb Harrison Barnes's contract, which was the most surprising thing about them in this thing. Um, they're looking very closely at the Pacers situation, Victor Oladipo. Um, they might need a third team to make the deal happen, but they'd have to trade Eric Bledsoe, and there's no traction on the Chris Paul trade. Those are all the news pieces with the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm trying to get Oladipo, Bogey, and Harrison Barnes? I'm not trying to get them. They're just looking at the situation. They're looking at person. Well, I mean, hey, they're doing what they're supposed to do. they trying to keep Giannis for as long as they can and put better pieces around him. So yep. they're doing what they're doing. They're doing their yep. due diligence on all the people on the market, too. Like, it, I, I don't think their ideal is to get all three of them onto the team. But, like, hey, if this falls out, then we got backup plan B, the backup plan C. Um, but the Harrison Barnes thing was surprising to me. I definitely didn't expect his name to be associated with them. That's what I wanted to say. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at trying to absorb him to get Bogdanovic because that would make it more appealing to the Kings. And I feel like Harrison Barnes could have some value with the Bucs. For Bucks. sure. Mm-hmm. He might be a guy that if you, if you have Giannis, Middleton, Bogdanovic – if Harrison Barnes, your four, four or five guy on a nice playoff team, I think that's solid. Mm-hmm. I think that's real, real yeah. solid, and he can have some value there. So I think that's very smart. Um, that's how these teams, these teams champion like champion Harrison Barnes too, NBA champion Harrison Barnes. That's how they got to get these uh, these young these young hidden gems like Bogdanovich. You can't just be trying to get him. You got to make it super appealing to the Kings. And I think for the Kings, getting rid of that Harrison Barnes, if you're going to lose Bogdanovich, man. It makes it kind of worth it uh, to a certain extent. I always but, wonder with teams like that, like the Sacramento Kings, and, and their obsession with cap flexibility, knowing damn well nobody's going to sign there. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just weird to like trade one of your better players to get off of his salary. Because the re- the way that I look at it is because they're in, they've been in the lottery so much that, that they have these young talented players who they're going to have to give money to eventually. They're going to like De'Aaron's say- going to get a max. De'Aaron, yeah. Yeah, De'Aaron's going to get a max. Say what you – we can sit here and say everything we want to say about Marvin Bagley, but if he just plays all right next season, like if he just plays, they're going to pay him because they're going to have to. They, they're not going to be able to just let him walk. You know what I mean? He's going to be a restricted free agent. And if somebody gives him some money, they probably are going to be forced to match it if he shows any potential this year. So that's how teams get stuck in those situations. So I understand the 
the sucky teams trying to have that cap flexibility. And then you know, also, you know, it's a little bit of delusion. Hey, we got to be flexible because when we get our chance to <laughs> our guy, he's going to come to Sacramento. Um, the next team is the Mavs. Other teams report that the Mavs are already chasing that elusive third star in trade talks. Several rival executives have pitched the Mavs as a trade destination for Rudy Gobert. Kristaps Wazingas could be moved if the Bucks want to trade Giannis, but it's all speculation here. Forget that last part. They're not going to move Giannis. So I yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> but the Mavs and Rudy Gobert combination is one that has been rumored, which is interesting. But I ask all the other question. Mm-hmm. And this is just for – this is not talent for talent. Even if you want to look at talent for talent, you do it. But for the sake of what you have, would you trade Przingis for Giannis? Yes. Yeah, I would. Because I, I like I like Przingis and Luka. Obviously, Giannis is Giannis. But I, I like Brazingas and Luca. Like if you, I would look to, if I could add him to that that duo. I like it a lot more than trying to trade for it. Personally. I'm still, I'm still yeah. kind of iffy on Porzingis's health um, things. He haven't, he hasn't had a season where he can just stay healthy. And yeah, that's and, the other thing about trading him. Like I, I, we know the Bucks aren't going to trade him, but just saying, hey, they'll just get Porzingis. Like he's coming off a of knee injury, knee surgery, and things. I, like that. The way I say, it, I, I think it would work out well is just because. Kristaps is already in that kind of nature where, like, him and Luca, they can they can almost coexist without hurting each other, right? Kristaps is not just taking the ball out of Luca's hands. I think Giannis could do that in the same way of, like, a what LeBron and AD do with L.A. type of thing. Like, when Luca is killing, Giannis, he don't have to be putting up 25, but he could be playing excellent defense. He could be grabbing 15 boards. He could be doing that. And I'm not saying Kristaps can't, but Giannis, I mean, he's a defensive player of the year MVP candidate or MVP, so – um, I think that's just a better way to go at the end of the day. Yeah, when we look at Giannis, we say, what do you need? We need he needs a shot creator and somebody that can really like handle the ball and take mm-hmm. take those big shots for them. And I think Luca's that guy. You get to put Giannis in a role where he's not the primary ball handler all the time. You want to see Giannis a lot. He's better as a number two. Yeah, honestly, he probably would be. I forgot who said this, but he needs his Kobe brand, especially when it's Luca as the number one. We're talking about the dude that he just won two MVPs. You want him to be the second option no, on the team? I'm not saying we're the second option, but I'm just saying him having Luca. I literally just agreed. You literally did agree to what he just said. So you're saying Giannis is better as a second option? You said yeah, <laughs> easily too. You ain't think about it, ponder or nothing. You just yeah, crazy. No, him pair with Luca is that's good interviewing. That's how you get guys to say headlines just like that. You catch them, you see what they're saying, and. Because the, the way you were saying it, that's how you say it. You're like, man, I think Giannis is better. He, he got a shot creator. You don't have to put the ball in his hand. So I'm, I'm, well, as you're painting this picture for me, I'm literally picturing Giannis in a Mavs uniform, like just being a complimentary player to Luka. That's how you described it. That, as he was describing it, he's just run. Mike, too. Mike is like, oh, he just go get a rebound. He's just a dirty <laughs> worker all of a sudden. Yeah, he I'm just, saying, hey. Man, uh, no, okay. I, like, I like Mike's comparison, though, because – Though, I mean, what? sure, there is a number one option in LA, but both of them average like twenty eight points per game. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I mean, what is Luca? Luca is a point guard. He he gonna get his team involved, and he gonna get his at the same time. So I agree yeah. with you, but I also look at how Giannis played when he was with the Bucks. I see the ball in his hands a lot. So you're saying have the ball being uh, Luca's hands? It's hard for me to picture. It. I'm not saying he can't. Of course, he's a, he's a two hours MVP. Mm-hmm. You want to think he can adjust? But I like when I watch the Bucks. I saw the ball in Giannis's hands a lot, a lot of it. So, 
If you're talking about not you can imagine about, they pick and roll with Luca and yeah, I mean they next well besides Eric Bledsoe who I, on the offense and Chris Middleton they next like highest pick and roll guy. Wait, wait, oh. Why are we talking so much about this? Is not happening. <laughs> this is not happening. We need to worry about the thing that might <laughs> that's that's a real option and that's the Rudy Gobert thing. Uh, I, I don't like the fit. I don't. I don't like, like two. Fit. First of all, two seven, two seven footers on the same yeah, foot. And today like they just don't sound well. It's only good if they both can shoot. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the fit. Yeah, I don't like the fit either. I don't like the fit. Because nah, somebody's like gonna, it. somebody's gonna have to go guard the perimeter. Somebody's I, gonna have to go out there. I don't know where Rudy Gobert is gonna go play. Yeah, I'm sure Brooklyn. those teams out there would take him. Brooklyn. That was another team that they always link him to. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't see the Jazz looking to, to trade him away at the moment. Um, and I know he's got the contract coming up and everything, but I'm just not completely sure. Um, next, wait, KB, you said I was bugging on Twitter the other day. Yeah, saying you... that Nurkic is better than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you're bugging. I'm really bugging. Yes, I, I think he's better. Bugging. I think he's more skilled than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, but he's probably more skilled, but he's but not defensively. He's locking up. I mean. No, Nurk has got got destroyed. Anthony Davis was giving that man the work. I'm, if I'm a you coach, Anthony Davis. If I'm a coach, I am putting I'm putting use of Nurkic in a pick and roll, and we're dominating. We're literally going to, to dominate. That's exactly that's that's a no. You cannot do that. Only person that's been able to do that is James Harden. He's the greatest offensive player in the league. I am putting him in the PMR like Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis did to sweep them boys out of there, and and that's it. I don't care how skilled you are if you're my not my anchor and you can't anchor. I'm sorry, and it's not even like he's a top skilled player. He ain't Jokic. He's he's no, two but tiers he's, below a that. Really, he's a poor man. He's a poor man. He can. You can run your offense through Nurkic. But I are you? Like oh, but you no, can, but no are you? you're not running you're your not offense through Nurkic. You can literally you're not run running. Let, let's 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 moderate this because I want that I want the argument. To, but wait, Mike, you can't say he's a poor man's Jokic and say you can't run his offense through him. He's not he's a poor man Jokic. Mean you can run your offense. How how can you be a poor man Jokic and you can't run an offense through him? I say he's a poor man Jokic because he's somebody who could get the ball in certain spots that he can make plays for people, but he's not. Getting the ball, taking it up court. He's not doing the stuff Jokic is doing. But that that's why you would say he's a poor man guy because he's not doing that. But you're still saying he could facilitate in a certain way, whatever. But I want them to focus in on this argument because I'm enjoying it. So, Derek, you're you're saying that he's completely better than Rudy. Or you're saying he should be in the conversation. What did he say on he Twitter? Maybe in context. No, that's not what he said, though. That's not what he's saying. Okay, so tell me what he said because I, I didn't see this. I so, said okay, I would okay, say okay, Nurkic over Rudy Gobert any day. That's his, Okay, that's what he said. Okay. So I just want to know. Now y'all continue your argument. You're saying Rudy, you putting Rudy in a pick and roll, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're saying that only works against Harden. Only person That's to really kill thing. Rudy Gobert in a pick and roll has been James Harden, who is the greatest pick and roll player in the league. Like it's, I, I don't understand. I don't understand it. I also see Derek's argument though with Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis would probably fuck up Rudy Gobert too. He probably yeah, probably, but I'm I'm just using that as an example, like. Yeah, but you can't I, use Anthony Davis as an example. But what I'm what I'm what okay. I'm saying to him because I I know what Derek is about to go on this. Um, um, he's gonna mention the James Harden series, the two years, and basically I'm gonna do the same thing. Two years ago, uh, Yusuf Nurk has got his ass handed to him by one of the greatest offensive big men. So what's up? 
It's yeah, the so same that's thing. Why I'm, I'm putting that together to say now somebody's gonna have to make a game changing point because y'all evening each other the, out. The, the game changing point is the Utah Jazz has been notoriously a great defense without great perimeter defenders because Rudy Gobert is that damn good. And then uh, the Portland Trailblazers having two guards that they claim are bad defenders. They had a top ten defense. Hey, y'all couldn't defend shit in the playoffs, bro. So uh, Nurkic was a big anchor in that defense. Is it was so, he the was he the game changer or was those two wings and and Mo Harkless and Alfred Gamino who are superior defenders the I'm game changers? They they ass is gone and guess what y'all were bad defense the again. Bigs in the like they are gone and y'all were one of the worst defenses in the league this year, Derek. Yeah, but Nurkic wasn't playing either. Y'all had Hassan Whiteside. Who the fuck is why is Hassan Whiteside in this argument? What I'm saying is there Hassan, <laughs> Hassan Whiteside is a better defender than Nurkic. And even with Hassan Whiteside, y'all were one of the worst. I don't think he's a better one-on-one defender. He's my who is playing no. one-on-one in the center position? When you talk about post defense, yes, you are who playing is, one-on-one. We don't, a very we're, good 20, one-on-one we're in 2020, Derek. Not many people are playing in the post. Defense and for the center that. position is being able to guard the pick and roll and hold your own on drives. That's what the here's center another, position another, is. Here's another thing I can say. You just said no. I, I can give Nurkic the ball in the post and run, and he can give me a bucket when I need one. I can't sure, give him the ball. Sure, but you're not. You can do that, but you're not going to do that because it's not super reliable. I think Nurkic is a pretty reliable. So, post so player. if the team is down by one, you're giving Nurkic the ball in the post. Well, no, because I have Damian Little. And exactly. Same ball. thing can be said about the Utah Jazz. I'm gonna give it to Donovan Mitchell. He's one of the best offensive players in the league. Sure, yeah, you, are, you, you, are right. like you are right. You are right. You are right. And Yusuf Nurkic is a better post. Post player than Rudy He's Gobert. He's a better all around player than Rudy Gobert. He is a better post player than Rudy Gobert. He's a better all playmaker around. than Rudy Gobert, but he is not a more impactful basketball player than Rudy Gobert. There's a reason Rudy Gobert is a two time defense player here. There's a reason why he's an all NBA player multiple times. Yukov Nurkis hasn't done that because he doesn't have the same impact as Rudy Gobert. It's simple. Talk that shit then. What you got to say? Simple. Then? Okay, the resume speaks for itself. What do you mean? I can't argue the resume. So, what are you going to argue? I'm just saying that Nurkic is the better complete basketball player. So if you if you were building if you were building a team, you're taking Nurkic to be your center. Yes. But just based on him being better offensively and being not good defensively. And still, and he still can be an impactful defender. How do you spell Yusuf's first name? J U S I F. Say it again. J U S I F. I think it's U F. I. It's U F. U F. Oh. Not That's probably. your guy. You can't even spell his goddamn name. That's crazy. Listen, listen. Man. I'm not saying. I'm not saying because I think people are gonna take this out of context. I am not saying that Yusuf Nurkic is not good. We had this conversation a couple months ago. And we were like, "What number is he?" And you were like, "He's like top five. We like, bro, you bugging. And then we end up deciding he's like maybe six or seven. So I'm not saying he's bad. And if anything, he's just gonna continue to get better. But at this point in their careers, I don't even know how it's really that much of an argument to say that Rudy Gobert is a better player, more impactful player than Yusuf Nurkic. I think it's I think it's straightforward. Mm-hmm. That's it. I agree, I agree with both of y'all guys. Y'all made some super good points. I think Nurkic is definitely just he he's curious because I think he did he, he does what exactly what Derek said. He's an all around dude. He does a lot of things well. But, the, the, but he's not. He does. This is the thing about Yusuf Nurkic. He does a lot of things good, but he doesn't yeah. do anything great, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's the difference between Rudy Gobert, who is great at one thing, and it's probably the most important thing for his position, and that's the defensive yeah, side of the ball. When you talk about offensively, Rudy Gobert sometimes is just out there. I can literally he, say Nurkic is not just out there offensively. But but like, but it's also but it, when he's not scoring, he can do other things like get offensive rebounds. 
uh, pass, facilitate. Like he can do I, all Rigo that. Rigo Bear gets off his rebounds too. Like that's his thing. But we talk about Rose is a big significant part of it. Um, Rudy Gobert has the highest pick and roll assist rate in the league ever, ever. That's part of his offensive game, being able to set those hard-ass screens. Part of his offensive game is him leading the league in dunks for two years in a row. That's what he is. They have different skill sets, and you're right. Yusuf Nurkic is a better back-to-the-basket playmaker. He's a better back-to-the-basket scorer. But we're not just going to act like Rudy Gobert doesn't impact the offense because though he may not average 20 points per game, those pick-and-rolls with Donovan Mitchell led them to be one of the better offensive teams in the league. The pick-and-roll with Joe Ingles was literally at the top of the league. And it's yes, Joe Ingles get a lot of credit for that, but it's also the guy set in the screen as well. But that Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic pick-and-roll was one of the best in the league as well. Can Bro, you show, can you show me that? Because I'm not saying it's bad, but I can show you the numbers. Hey. I'm not, I'm not. I just, I just, I just, I just want to see the fact checker because you, you are one of those dudes. You know what I'm saying? First of all, I think you could play. When any... they, when they were both healthy and they were that thirsty, Dame and Nurkic had one of the best pick and roll offenses in the league. Okay. Okay. I, 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 hey, I give a lot of that credit to Dame, <laughs> Damian Little. I ain't gonna lie. You got to guard. Oh, him I can say the same thing about Rudy Gobert. I can say that shit is Donovan Mitchell. You can. But I, I'm definitely saying Damian Lillard is a better player than the option I below. For the simple fact that D Mills is on his shit. Yeah, no, I love it. Like this, is, this is not a conversation D Mills would have a this, year and a half ago. So I'm 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 happy that we having it. Um, this is what does it for me though. And he, this he, this he like he's putting up facts and numbers, like he's just digging. Yeah, he's been on his iPad for a second. <laughs> yeah. But I was gonna say Nurkic says a lot of things. They're, lot. They, they they not picking up use of Nurkic. He's not in the glossary at all. I don't oh, know oh, what what is that? <laughs> what is basketball index? It tells you it tells you everything. We can get Rudy shit up here. Let's look, go ahead, Mike. While I pull up Rudy, but they don't have. Um, they what don't. Do have, look, what are you looking for specifically? Because maybe there's another site out there, and I can look for it. I don't know if they're gonna have it because they kind of make their own. Like, right, should I go to cleaning the glass? Is like an advanced. Yeah, like they're similar to cleaning the glass, right? So. Mm-hmm. No, so but I was gonna, gonna say, Mike. I was gonna say I, I like what Derry said because I mean Nurkic he is curious because I mean he just does a lot of things good. But when you do something elite uh, at elite level in the NBA, I think it just adds to you like what hey. you do as a player. And not only that, but like he has it on the offensive side too. Like you said, he he had a pretty damn good offensive year, I think, in terms hey. of just like scoring the ball. D Mills, D Mills, bro, you you shouldn't have let me be able to look up advanced stats on this month, bro. Okay, 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 okay. So we mentioned how last year Yusuf Nurkic and the Portland Trail Blazers had one of the best defenses in the league, right? That one last year. He didn't play uh, last year. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is this is his last playable season. So the season where they were good defensively and they made their run to the conference finals, right? That was that. They had um, a points per possession when him on the court was very good, and it was a, a minus five five, right? That's that's a, that's amazing. That's stellar. That's one of the best in the league, right? And then my argument to you was like, I think that's Alpha Rook. I think that's Moharkless, right? The year those two go away. Uh oh. A plus ten point four. That is the bottom two, bottom two percentile. Bottom he two. Wasn't on the court at all. No, this is him. This is him. This is not the trailblazer. He snapped his leg. This the, is him. Snapped his leg right before the. But playoffs. that's the games he's. This playing. is these are the games he played, Derek. These are not the games where he bubble. wasn't there. Yeah, in the bubble. Right? This is these are, are these the games the that game? he played this season. Yeah, those are only the games in the bubble. They got fucking torched. They did get torched. As a team, yeah, but he the, was a part of that, wasn't he? He's on the team all season long, bro. The, the no matter when they did have him or when they did, the Blazers were terrible on defense this year. 
Like they could not defend shit. Who who was it that they let the Grizzlies put up like 130 points on them? They couldn't defend nothing. Yes. And I'm not gonna sit here and say that was Nurkic. They was just getting torched all around the court. I'm just saying, hey, they if you play, they look, not guarding shit, bro. Right, and then you also have Bella who ain't defending shit. But look at that, though. Yeah, you add, no, if you add Rudy Gobert to that, I think that the defense increases a increases a lot on that team. Mm, this and that's is, just this is so where Rudy has good defenders all around him. When you have good defenders around you, your center he has okay defenders. He has all right. He has okay defenders. Why are we acting like Donovan Mitchell? Mike Conley's a good defender. Joe Ingles is a really good defender. Mike Conley's an okay defender. Don't, these are average defenders. Yeah, they're, they can, they're decent. Because it helps for the Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. When people try to act like Donovan Mitchell is all of a sudden this crazy. These are these are, these are average defenders. Mike Conley's a plus defender for sure. But like Joe Ingles is not a great defender. He's a plus. He's a, he's a, If anything, he's a little bit of a plus defender. Donovan Mitchell's not a good defender. He's just not. I would say Bogey is a really good defender. Really good. He has his. And they're they're all right, bro. They're, but even even is. if we take before Bogey got onto the team, we talk before Bogey was there. He was a two time defense player of the year. Like that's Bogey added. Royce O'Neal is a very good defender. But Royce O'Neal was getting a lot of PT two years ago. Royce O'Neal copped it to the scene right now. He was starting this year. Were we talk, I thought we were talking about when he was like defense player of the year. Was what I'm saying is like you can't give credit to Royce O'Neal for something that like he was still super elite at two years ago. No, yeah, you're right. Okay, all right. Um, team, team opposite team accuracy. You had good defenders around him. Opposite team. You had good defenders around him. His numbers look good when you take. What? Please say, bro. My numbers are gonna look good with the good defenders around me on the defensive side. Forget, forget all yeah. of that. Opposing teams. Um, and you know what? You abs- I don't want to use this sample size for your Nurkic this season. He was coming off a snap leg. Um, and he and he come into a team where he hasn't played basketball in the year. So you know what? I'm not even gonna use no stats for this year because it's. I think that's unfair to him. Um, but you wanted him after a snapped leg over the two-time defense player of the year is, is still wild, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out why the hell basketball injury got everybody except uh, Nurkic. He Mills, you need to you need to holler at them. DM on Mills. They probably follow you. We need. We definitely need more of this, though. This is this is great. This is great. Ruby um, hey, shit crazy, man. Hey, when it comes, I'm telling you, bro. The numbers are ridiculous. This the reason Rudy Gobert won two Defense Player of the Years is is not necessarily just the eye test. It's the advanced numbers on top of that, and that's like one of the downsides to Defense Player of the Year, like or defensive teams. Everybody's looking at statistics over like actually watching. But statistics statistics show when Rudy Gobert is on the court, the team is significantly better defensively than when he's off the court. Hey, I just know this. I don't know, man. I saw him in that Nugget series get torched in a pick and roll. You just said. He only got killed in the pick and roll by James Harden. He got mm-hmm. killed by Jamal that, Murray. That is that is that is not that is not accurate. Mm-hmm. How is that not accurate? Jamal Murray had more like there, there's a difference between getting killed in the P and R between two players and the guy just being good. If we rewatched all of those games from that series, it's not Rudy Gobert getting killed in the pick and roll night after a oh, roll after roll after roll after roll like it was with James Harden. Jamal Murray was just ice on motherfuckers for, for games at a time and he was getting buckets that way. It wasn't like him and him and Nurkic. I mean, him and uh, Jokic is running pick and rolls every play, like with James Harden and Clay Capella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were running a lot of pick and roll, and Rudy was not. He was a very bad pick and roll defender. Same with Jokic. Jokic was just as bad. It was. It was literally just a game of pick and roll. Those are just. Hold up, Nurkic, because I have, I have Rudy's perimeter defense specifically in front of me. Mm-hmm. How do they? How do they look? They're bad. 
But I, we know that. But I want right. to see Nurkic because Nurkic just isn't going to be good. So uh, right. that, that's how people win the, the discussion. Be, but because part of this is great, though. Like Rudy is ranked in a 96 percentile on one of these categories, which is shot profile disruption. No, he no he let, he led the league in like shot contests like that. Yeah, that's no, a real thing. I don't think there's many situations where I'm looking at a team and like you know what, or just any situation that both have been have, and they're like you know what, I, I think I'd rather take Nurkic over Gobert, in sort of sense like, and it, it's gonna be just a weird scenario. But when that Jazz team went against that OKC team and Russell, Rudy Gobert almost had like Russell Westbrook neutralized. Like he couldn't do nothing at that round. He did. Yeah. Also, yeah he did. also a stat here. That says that Rudy Gobert played with uh, a lineup that has an interior defense ranked uh, in, in the 69 percentile, which is high. It's a B because they give you the percentile and they give you what with the grade compared to the other, other amount of the league. So it's not him; it's his team that he's playing with. He, so they're saying his 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 lineup interior defense that he played with is high level, which means he plays. That's without him. That that that's component of his teammates that he's with. So it's like, for instance, they have a, a thing on here that's called lineup talent. So they're not judging you, but they're judging the talents of your lineup. Is that was that this season? Yeah, they say, but they say his the overall talent of the Jazz that he played with is only a C plus. They they only rank in a fifty six percentile overall. So they're saying the Jazz's lineup didn't have that much talent. Because like, I can, I can see that stat being real. Because when Derek Favors was there, when Derek Favors ran center, the team was still really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But they didn't really, they didn't really have a backup center this season. Like Tony Bradley is like, you know. Hey, best believe it or not, he could. Hey, that bench unit for the the Jazz, they came in and made some plays, and the starters was tweaking though. I'll tell you that Tony Bradley, Jordan Clarkson, and I'm talking Royce O'Neal, they they played well at that bench. Cleaning the glass, I know that's your shit, and I know a lot mm. of people like them. But basketball index is dope. They got their own badges and stuff that they rank play. Like they they they, I fuck with them. And y'all know I'm not even really into the advanced that you know i'm an eye test dude but i do think that there's room there's a place for it i just don't think you should build your right exactly like rockets all over but i just want to see nurkages because this stuff is interesting and i think y'all i like y'all argument i don't even want to say my opinion because i just want to see y'all i'm i'm always in an argument that to not be in it and watch it is is dope and it's usually Mike versus D Mills, but Mike versus D Mills. Let's, let's schedule a Mike versus D Mills debate. Let's see like two players <laughs> that they disagree on and just boom, collapse. And me and me and Pierre be moderators. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun being a moderator. <laughs> hey, but yeah. D Mills, shout out to you, bro. You you made some very good points in here. Um, and there's gonna be people in the comments that's gonna agree with you. Yeah, no, I'm not because you so, made very good points in here. If you're taking Nurkic, I can say you bugging, but at the end of the day, it's not like Nurkic is a bum. Like he's very far from being a bum. He just ain't Rudy Gobert. That's all. You know what's funny though about your emails? What's up? It is, and this is this, this that argument and conversation should motivate you, and this is why. And a lot of other arguments, and that's why we all so happy and proud of you for this argument because in a lot of other ones you would probably get mopped the flow with like it's real quick, but you did it because you we you watch the Trailblazers, so it's shit that mm-hmm. you already know. You yeah. ain't you. That's how. They had one of the best pick and roll. Mike was like, I want to see that stat. But you know, you so confident. You know, you can tell him because you know. Well, yeah. how, how, about, how about we get me and D Mills just went at it? We need y'all two to go at it then. We going to get that too. We going to get that. No, I think it, it I, no, I, I think that was right on Pete. Because I feel like. Mike, why they won't repeat? 
Uh-oh. Well, no, that's not a good argument. That's, we, need, we need like a, but we need like a player that y'all are, like I'm passionate about Rudy Gobert. D Mills is passionate about Nurkic. That's, that's why it works so well. I'm passionate yeah. about Paul George. Okay. Oh, but no, me no, and Mike talked about this yesterday. Just he loves about, Paul George too. I was, I was, yeah, I was just talking about. I was like, man, because I, I was considered about buying him on my team. I was like, I love me some Paul George, but you know, I just hated to see that man play like that in the playoffs. And KB is like, yeah, he is a bum. I'm not going to leave that out, KB. We just straight up called him that. But no, I, I, he was right, P. I felt like D Mills was right on it because he necessarily believed that he was right in that argument. So, yeah. And that, that's what, I think that's good for our viewers too because yeah. that's like the benefit of putting in the work where like you know these things. You're so confident in what you're saying because you know what you're saying is a fact. D Mills watched a lot of Portland Trail trailblazer basketball so he not second guessing anything that he's saying he knows what he knows he can he, he can confidently say that was one of the best pick because he was watching the games and he probably heard that stat or it probably popped up on the screen because he was putting in the work now if you do that with more broadening around the league all your arguments would be like that yeah I mean, he ain't sitting around watching no damn. I, I ain't know if he was watching basketball games though when he had said he was gonna put CJ McCollum on LeBron for that playoff series. Yeah, that's why I ain't know if he I know if he knew he was playing defense on that team. I ain't know he think he knew who Gary Trent was. But no, I think that's I think that's a that's a that's a dope thing to kind of think about for a second. And maybe it's off the top of the head. But players that you like that can be in this argument, like we all like players like Paul George is a very well-rounded player. So he's a hard guy to use. Cause what are you really going to say that he had a bad playoff? Oh, well, Wait, no, like, it should be like player versus player. You know what I'm saying? No, so without like, a doubt. But like the thing y'all did was y'all argue two players that are good, but they have holes in their game. So like what players do you like that isn't like this great, you know what I mean? Like Rudy, you love Rudy, but he, we all know his offense doesn't match with the defense. Nurkic, like you said, KB, Nurkic is basically a man of many things, but he's a master of none. So that's a big hole. Like, you can be as versatile as you want, but if you can't master shit, then mm-hmm. you I think average. It's also got to be a player, I think, that has a small hole, but you damn near think, like, this month, this dude is damn near near perfect. Because anytime KB described defense, it's almost like Rudy Gobert, right? It's somebody that, you know, he's holding it down at the rim, he's blocking shots, and he just makes it almost the, t- the team people around him better on the defensive side. And KB values that a lot. But me and Pete, so we I, also... About this? Mm-hmm. I think a good comparison. You could probably do John Collins. If you're passionate about him, and probably do like John and Isaac. Mm. I, I'm not... But I mean, it would have to be something that might like just... Yeah, I think I have to be a, I have to be a huge fan of that player. I mean, those yeah, are yeah, cool, but I've got no like attachment to them, you know? Yeah. You have to know that player to be able to say how y'all was saying. Like KB knows certain things about Rudy because in the same way you knew certain things... Mm-hmm. Mike is not gonna know that you know fucking like like for instance when we talked about Frank Neal Kino a week ago and I was like shit put his ass in the corner that's where he shoot it. and Kenny looked at it like damn I didn't know Frank mm-hmm. shot the ball that well from the corner I only know that because I watched the Knicks mm-hmm. you feel I me mean? Mike ain't watching the Magic so if if Jonathan Isaac is just terrible from the fucking from guarding on the pick and roll Mike wouldn't know I'm not saying Jonathan Isaac is mm-hmm. I'm just saying hypothetically but. Yeah. I think I, I was the same thing. Remember, I, it was earlier. Uh, I don't know if this was on the show, but we were talking about the defenders the Lakers have. And I had named uh, Alex Caruso. And KB's like, he, you know, he's cool on the defensive end. But I was like, no, nah, you know, he's got it on there. Like, he, I, I think he's, you know, he could really do something. And I feel like, I mean, he probably don't watch as many Lakers as, as games as me. And I you know he don't. But it got to the playoffs. And you'd be like, okay, he's actually a pretty decent defender. You know, he could contribute. So I think it's just players like that, that you got that, like, that extra effort. 
You know what would be a nice one, though? <laughs> this would be a nice one. And I, maybe you like the guy that I like. But Ingram versus Tatum. Oh, man. <laughs> that nigga, he looked like he had to chill. He gave him the chill. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? I, I, I'm going to go Brandon Ingram. And this, oh, this is why. Oh, y'all both will go Ingram? Oh, I'm, I'm going JT. I I just like Ingram got the, the point four game on top of the score on top of the scoring game. And that's why I say give him the little bit of edge. Oh snap. See, I definitely expect at least one of y'all to go Tatum. And I, I love his playmaking ability in the playoffs, though. I thought he was really gonna go Tatum. Catch it up in that department. I think me and Pete like a lot of the same players. We yeah. got a lot of the same taste. He's like Lonzo. I couldn't have a Lonzo debate with him because he likes Lonzo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, I think we just like too many of the same players. Yeah, it's, it's like it's got to be like two players, similar positions, similar ranking. Ingram and Tatum is perfect if if one of us was fucking with with Tatum. Which I mean, for the sake bro, of bro, I'm actually so surprised both of y'all take Ingram, bro. T- Tatum is like not saying Ingram is not, but Tatum is like. I'm building my team. He's like the third player in the league I would build my team around. Argument. Because you like, since you like Ingram, who are you taking? Ben or Ingram? Mm, who's the best player from the draft mm. class? Mm. Ben, man, give me, give me Ingram, bro. Uh-oh. Give me Ingram. Why, why why over Ben, though? Here we go. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm taking any anybody that could damn create their own shot at the end of the damn day and be my best player. I, I'm cool with that. Ben Simmons always, I love Ben Simmons. He's a great player. Even when he get his own team, he's still going to need somebody to take that shot for him if he's not going to do it himself. I hear you. But we've all, we've all, we also seen some guys who can play at a high level like Ben and not take the shots. And one of those guys kind of played for your team. Like LeBron, you just pay hey. him with a Kyrie Irving. <laughs> put him with an Anthony Davis. It is. That, that works. But to some extent, he's still going to have to be able to get yours. But we've also seen guys that can get theirs, and it still ain't – you know, like KD for years could get his, but getting his wasn't enough mm-hmm. until he joined a, a, a powerhouse like the Warriors. So, like, the theory of, man, I love having a guy that could go get his at the end of the game. We've seen so many of those guys that don't do shit. James Hart, he can get his. But what what result of him getting his – like, it's, it has to be more than being able to get yours is what I'm saying. You have to offer more. Right. You know what I mean? Like how much do you value getting his versus a guy who can set the table? And you can, we can find guys that that has the balls to make and take some shots if that's mm-hmm. their role. You just yeah. get a guy that can carry them throughout the whole game. You know what I mean? We've seen Lou Will thrive before the Clippers became the Clippers. They was going head to head with the Warriors, and they had a good ass team. And that team just did enough to keep them throughout the game. And then in the fourth quarter, where they needed to make and take big shots, Lou Williams did it. They didn't beat the Warriors, but they took them at six more than anybody would expect it. So if you have a guy like Ben Simmons that can float you out through the course of the game because he's going to be able to guard, he he would guard a Brandon Ingram. He, he, he can guard your best player. He can play he can play point guard. He's going to set the table. And for a guy that doesn't shoot the ball, he gives you 17 points a game. Like that, that to me is crazy. They're not guarding him to, to shoot the ball, and he's still finding a way to, to get you 17 points, damn near nine and nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not ball at all. No, I hear you. I think it's just easier. For one, you don't have to worry about getting the shooting center. You don't have to worry about doing all the, You don't have to do that with Brandon Ingram. I think you could put more flexible talent around him. He still thrives. I mean, Ben Simmons sets up the table. He's one of the best passes in the league. 
Brandon Ingram, not only does he give you around 25 plus, but he's a dude that can set the table. He can give you five plus assists too. Super long, can play defense. And just the same way you can find people that's going to do the, the shot creating at the end of the game for Ben Simmons, you can find a dude that's going to protect the rim, find a dude that's going to set the table up. But I'm saying Brandon, Brandon Ingram, I can say at the end of the day, he's going to be my guy. He's going to be the dude taking that shot. I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at it. It's a different argument than theirs because – both of our guys are kind of yeah. One is a one is a point guard and one is like an actual scoring forward. It, it oh, is a little different, but theirs was similar because I mean Nurkic, we talked about it. He could be you know maybe around outside of that top five, and even we, we know Rudy Gobert is a top center as well. Do you think Do you think Nurkic will ever be an All Star? I, yeah, I don't want to go back to the argument. I'm just asking. That's what I'm saying. Like root like Ingram and Simmons, they're close. Both All Stars, you know, both got some accolades. We got Rudy, who got all of this, and then Nurkic. That's why KD was like, if he's so good, he's never in a conversation with all NBA. Blah blah blah. blah. It's like, damn, shit. <laughs> what you go say that? What you go say to that? It's just su- it's such a he big has potential to be. He's still very young. I think we forget that he's only like twenty. I look at Dbills. Dbills ain't playing. He he's a little bit older than twenty four, but he is young. Um, but Rudy Gobert is twenty four. If is. I'm not wrong, he's six years old, dog. Yeah. He. <laughs> You can you can Google he it. He's not him. he's not twenty four. I you he's twenty six. He's twenty six. Okay, oh. yeah. Um, okay. And Rudy Gobert's what twenty eight. So it's not like we got a boomer versus Gen Z. <laughs> like it's it's, it's a two year difference. Um, so is he a top five center to you, Demos? I think so. Can I get your top five then? Bam. Well, Bam's not number one, but I'm just yeah, just get five. Yeah, Bam Nurkic. Cat and B and then Jokic. I'm gonna just say it right yeah, now. Yeah, we can say some crazy. Before, yeah, instead of all those other names, but for the best center in the league. Because <laughs> I couldn't let my man's go out like that. He would have been like, uh, he would have been like, uh. So does that make Rudy go six Howard. on your list? Yeah. And is and if you renegotiate it, is Nurkic five and Rudy Gobert six? Yeah. What what just gives him that slight edge over him? Just because he's more a little bit better on the offensive side? Yeah. Because he could still give me really good defense on our day. Stop saying really good. Stop saying really good. Really good means all defensive. That's really yeah. good. First of all, there you also said. If, if anything, he's an average defender. Let if me ask anything. you this question. This is, this is why the, the, the Nurkish thing is, is funny to me. Because I don't think he's a top five center. I think, bro, I think you can argue Vucevic with him. I think there's an argument there. Like even hey, if Vucevic has such a defensively that it's kind of just not even there. Even if you think, even if you think Nurkic is better, I just think that there's an argument for Vucevic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the same way. Just say you just said that like Vucevic's defense. I, mean, I, I think offensively he's probably way a little bit more better than uh, fucking Nurkic. Same way you said that like Kenny argues that the defensive bonus that Gobert has, that's blowing Nurkic out the water. You can kind of say, not blowing Nurkic out the water for the offensive side of Vucevic, but hey, that gives him a little edge. Dude that can shoot the three ball really well, too. Yeah. I he wonder what other people think. Very Ranking good. NBA centers. Because somebody had to put out an article. Season ended. You know what I'm saying? Maybe 17, 10, and 4. I like those numbers a lot. Who's that? That's uh, Vucevic. Bucci yep. man. That was Nurkic. Oh, that was Nurkic. But I think that was only his eight games. Yeah. Right eight from the, games. Okay. Uh, v- uh, man gave you 20, 11, and 3.6, which is basically four. So. Okay. So that's not – okay. So maybe he's not killing him on the offensive set. But, no, that's an eight-game sample. Relax. Oh, oh yeah, true. 
Oh, okay. He also shot 34% from three. That's that's nice for a big. That's real nice. I'm trying to find an because everything article related is going to be based off this season, as we know, Nurkic didn't play this season. No, I th- I just looked up one that was uh, going into the season. Oh, well, his his leg was broke, huh? Right. Yeah. John Hollinger, hold on. John Hollinger put together an art. If John Hollinger says it's a fact, it got to be a fact, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not relevant. It's about Valanciunas. Dirk is that much better than Valanciunas? I think he is. Not that much better, but he is. I think I'm, they're all in the same room. I think, yeah, I think Nurk is better playmaker for sure, but they bring similar things. Think mm-hmm. uh, look up the centers to throw out here. Uh, how you feel about Drummond, D-Mills? Ooh, you know what's interesting? Uh, Drummond's cool. I just think he's just a really good rebounder. That's kind of really what I look at Drummond as. Um, somebody, somebody on The Athletic put together an article, and they were ranking NBA players on tiers. But that was oh when was that oh my god I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be so mad at myself if I can't find this real quick, um, cause cause it was a real oh top tw- 125 NBA players right now okay, all right let's let's see what Seth Parton says about the things, um, oh my god I, I, this is a long ass article that I gotta sift through somebody fill this runtime while I look for it. Yeah, I'm on a Bleach Report one, and they don't have Nurkic, probably because of the injury, but it looks like even if he was healthy, he would be outside of the top five. They have Bam, Rudy, um, Carl, Joel, and then uh, Jokic. Jokic. And then seventh, I mean sixth, they have Vucevic. And then seventh, they have DeAndre Ayton. Mm. Okay, so I okay, I, saw, I found something. Uh, this is that article again, but they, they use like – we're going to take it with just, you know, with, with an outside eye. They use a bunch of advanced stats to determine these players. So it's not like he's, he saw uh, Giannis is like he's the best player in the league type thing. But it's also tiers, right? So he has Giannis, James Harden, Kawhi, and LeBron all as number one because they're tier one. You get me? So he's the guy, Rudy Gobert, as tier 2C. And the players in 2C with Rudy Gobert is Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Paul George, and it's Rudy Gobert. That's tier 2C. Um... Now, want a, a, a player in each position, or he's just just his team? no, just just based off the statistics. Uh, it don't seem no, like no correlation from we need a point guard, shooter guard, all of that. And as I'm scrolling, it's either a use of Nurkis is not on this list, or this <gasps> he is four a. He's four a, and in four a with him, Derek, you're not gonna like this, but in four a with him is Joe Ingles, Gordon Gordon Dragic. Gordon Hayward, Yusuf Nurkic, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, P.J. Tucker. Oh, my God. Why is there so many people? P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, Shea Gears-Alexander, Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo. So we send all of these players are on the same tier of NBA player based on their advanced stats. So is that like the players that bring the similar value around them? They bring similar value to their teams. Okay. Correct. Right. Right. Danny Green is also on this tier. Damn. I don't know if you want to be in that tier. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would recommend this article again. It, it's it's all like stats based, so I'm not saying use this as your Bible, but like it's it's just interesting, just interesting stuff. 
What was some more of them rumors? We still ain't even talk about Drew Holiday. The people from this episode, shit yeah, long. We definitely got to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that all came from Derek. Want to say you said I was bugging yeah. yesterday. Now he's about to get me to compare Rudy, Rudy and Nikola Vucevic. Just, mm-hmm. just out of fun. So here, here's the Drew Holiday. They got Drew Holiday, Victor Lipo, and Bradley Beal all in the same tier of rumors. So here it is. Teams are willing, teams are willing to acquire Drew or Victor Lipo right now, but prefer to wait for Bradley Beal, as we all know Bradley Beal is probably not going to get traded. Uh, Wizards have zero inclination of trading Bradley Beal right now. Uh, the Drew Holiday bidding war is sitting at Denver, Golden State, Brooklyn, and some interest from Atlanta, Miami, and Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um. The Hawks are trying to use a sixth overall pick to snap Drew Holiday. The Nets have a package ready that doesn't include Karis LeVert. Okay. The Denver Nuggets can create a package around Gary Harris, Bobo, and future first-round picks. If Denver gets Drew Holiday, then it makes it impossible to resign Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap and Mason Plumlee, so they'd be losing out on some of those players. Um which is okay because that would mean y'all yeah. actually have to figure out a way to play your young guys like yeah. Michael Porter Jr. and Bo Ball. So those those are all the rumors around those three players at the moment. I don't know why, but I don't want Jeremy Green to go back. <laughs> why? I, I feel like that would be good. Especially they were able to keep him, Andrew. I, I, I mean, how many years is on Drew Holiday's contract? This, this year, is, then he has a player I, option for next year for 27. Okay. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm going all in on him. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to break out of with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. You got to go all in on it. I ca- Even if you got to give up Karis, I would give up Karis. Why? Not only basketball wise, but personality fit. He's such a laid back, just chill, locker room guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say like Atlanta should try to throw, try to get him. I think he'd be perfect because I mean he he's a really nice player. But other than that, we all know at the end of the day, if Atlanta's going to compete, they they gonna need defenders around Trey Young. Probably to get to a championship, they gonna probably need at least three to four elite defenders around Trey Young. Like that's how bad. You need to surround him with defense, but I, I just don't know if the timeline is going to, like, I feel like he wants to compete for a championship, you know? like I don't even think it's about what he wants. I think it's about what the Pelicans are going to trade him to. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's still, cause yeah, especially since he does have another contract coming up, so if he had to spend one year in Atlanta and he don't want to be there, he can just opt out the next year and he can go to wherever he wants to go. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's worth it for Atlanta for just that one year when they could kind of find somebody who's going to be, okay, let me settle into this little place for me. Right. Well, yeah. when we get all the options. They don't really have. It's a not. Guy. Yeah, it's not really that much out there for them. If they, if their goal is to go out and try to make the playoffs and get that veteran, it's not many options that's going to be on a four-year deal for them. You know, if they pull it off and get you high, hey, I think that shit is a big ass W thing. No, it would be. It would be. But you obviously taking that risk that he just yeah. doesn't opt into that contract or he doesn't resign yeah. in two years. We talked about Gordon Hayward. Same thing. It yeah. would be like that risk. Yeah. Jamar DeRozan, if you sign and trade or, or trade him now, if he opts in on his option with the Spurs, that would be taking a risk. So I think that's what they would have to do. Because if I'm if I'm a free agent, possibly, I'm not even I'm not signing no extension with them either until they show me are we gonna compete. What's the point of going here if I'm Gordon Hayward, DeMar DeRozan or Drew Holiday and we end up still not being that good? Nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be it for them. Like I said though, I think at the end of the day they're gonna need elite defenders around Trey Young if they're gonna be super competitive. And the last group of um of news or rumors from Zach Lowe's piece, it's titled Free Agency. So here they are. Aaron Gordon's market is murky. Portland could want him, but there's no real interest. It's a we keep doing this for the last three seasons, it seemed like, where Aaron Gordon and Portland have been connected. Um Evan, for some reason this is all like magic news when it comes to free agency. Evan Fournier could opt into his final deal with the magic. 
Uh, Jonathan Isaac could miss the the entirety of the season with his knee injury. Boston has sniffed around using picks to acquire a solid veteran. Larry Nance Jr. is a name that people have been looking for. Um, teams in the bottom of the first round of the draft will probably make trades for future seconds or picks of equal value. Remember him, Knight? Larry Nance? Yeah. <laughs> Remember him. <laughs> <laughs> But no, nah, that, if that's what's happening for the Magic, they just need a reset, reset, man. I know it's hard to try to blue switch, but if you can trade your Gordon, Evan Fournier out, and then, I mean, Isaac about to miss a season, not going to be competing. Yeah, they said that the moment he tore his ACL that they weren't going to play probably, him right. He's probably gone, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that's all the news I got over here from, from all tough. the articles and stuff. Tough, because the Magic, they have the 15th overall pick, so, like, they don't, they're not even about to, you know, you know what I was looking at? And this is be the last thing because we've been going for an hour and a half. Shout out to all the people that like the long episodes. What's the the guy they, they drafted last year? Akume, whatever the heck his name is. He's not in 2K. I was looking for him. I'm like, they don't even have him in 2K. I know he ain't played because he was injured, but like, nothing. You got to wait for next gen, KB. <laughs> you got to wait for next gen, apparently. They don't care about the rosters. I was looking for him too because I like him. I think he's going to be real good for them uh, next year. When he does come come back to playing out of Auburn, if, if for those that don't know, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. Like Chuma Oki or something, something like, like that from Auburn, right? Yeah. So he isn't on the game though. I saw the yeah. same. Um, that's it. We appreciate y'all watching or listening to this episode through the wise. One of the longer episodes we've done recently. Shout out to Derek for the debate, um, because that definitely padded the runtime. Shout out to the rest of the homies for coming through and doing anything. Leave a like, subscribe. Apple Music, leave five stars on like the podcast and platforms. Well, we may have to start doing, we may have to create a segment called The Great Debate and mm-hmm. then the fans pick what we argue about. I was going to say, we also gonna, we might have to start doing best or worst comments. Mm. Just yeah. keep adding, just, just add a bunch of segments. Why not? Yeah. Peace, though. We out.